0: Yes, we rotate 360 degrees, ha, ha, 360 degrees, ha, ha, 360, 360, 360, 360 degrees, ha, ha.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle here on, here on KPFA, your cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. This show was written, produced, and engineered in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, aka the East Bay Area. On tonight's show, we will delve into the histories of the people of this planet under the tyranny of imperial and colonial powers. We'll be reciting short stories from one of my favorite authors, Eduardo Galeano, one of Latin America's most distinguished writers. He is renowned for his three-volume Memory of Fire, Open Veins of Latin America, Soccer and Sun and Shadow, The Book of Embraces, Walking Words, Upside Down, and Voices of Time. I've also selected music, which I believe encapsulates the struggles and triumphs of the wretched peoples of the world. All that tonight on Full Circle. I'm your host, Ariel Mochirian. And Galo which in my native tongue means revolutionary. Always, stay with us. Peace again. Welcome to Full Circle here on ninety four point one KPFA. I'm your host this evening, Audio Mushirian. I would like to give thanks and respect to the ancestors and the shoulders of those who came before us that we stand on today. Tonight, we will be listening to short stories from the book Mirrors by Eduardo Galeano. Galeano was born in Montevideo in 1940. He lived in exile in Argentina and Spain for years before returning to Uruguay. His work has been translated into 28 languages. He is the recipient of many international prizes, including the first Landon Prize for Cultural Freedom, the Casa de las Americas Prize, and the first distinguished citizen of the region by the countries of Mercosur. Unfortunately, the Uruguayan died in 2015 at the age of 74, but his work will live on forever. You will be hearing some familiar voices from the apprenticeship program and KPFA for these readings. The readings will be accompanied with a sound collage of beats. And being that these stories are relatively short, I tried to group them together to have some cohesiveness and content. You will hear the title followed by the selection Tonight, we'll barely scratch the surface with these selections I made um, from this 365-page book. Um, But it's just a taste, okay? Um, You may find yourself hitting the floor to collect some of the priceless jewels from our past. And with that being said, let's head into our first set of short stories from the book Mirrors by Eduardo Galeano.
2: It's been going on since the beginning of time. Beginning of time. He's going to continue
3: straight ahead somebody up there turns out the lights on this small planet A
1: feast on foot Adam and Eve were black The human adventure in the world began in Africa From there, our ancestors set out to conquer the planet Many paths led them to many destinies And the sun took care of handing out colors from the palette Now the rainbow of the earth is more colorful than the rainbow of the sky But we are all immigrants from Africa. Even the whitest of whites come from Africa. Maybe we refuse to acknowledge our common origins because racism causes amnesia, or because we find it unbelievable that in those days long past, the entire world was our kingdom. An immense map without borders, and our legs were the only passport required.
4: Religious origin of racism. Noah got drunk, celebrating the Ark's arrival at Mount Ararat. When he came to, he was incomplete. According to one of the many versions of the Bible, his son, Ham, had castrated him as he slept. In that version, God then cursed Ham and his sons, and the sons of his sons, condemning them to slavery for centuries upon centuries. But none of the many versions of the Bible say Ham was black. Africa did not sell slaves when the Bible was written, and Ham's skin did not begin to darken until much later on, perhaps in the 11th or 12th century, after the Arabs launched the slave trade in the southern part of the desert. By the 16th or 17th centuries, once slavery had become the biggest business of Europe, Ham was utterly black. The slave trade enjoyed divine sanction and eternal life from that point forward. Reason in the service of religion, religion in the service of oppression. Since the slaves were black, Ham must have been black. And his children, also black, were born to be slaves because God is never wrong. And Ham and his sons, and the sons of his sons, would have kinky hair, bloodshot eyes, and swollen lips. They would go about nude, exposing their scandalous penises. They would have a taste for theft, would hate their owners, would never tell the truth. And they would dedicate the time they should be sleeping to nasty things.
1: Euro-everything. On his deathbed, Copernicus published the book that founded modern astronomy. Three centuries before, Arab scientists Mu al-Din al-Urdi and Nasir al-Din Tusi had come up with the theorems crucial to that development. Copernicus used their theorems, but did not cite the source. Europe looked in the mirror and saw the world. Beyond that, they nothing. The three inventions that made the Renaissance possible The compass, gunpowder, and the printing press came from China. The Babylonians scooped Pythagoras by 1500 years. Long before anyone else, the Indians knew the world was round and had calculated its age. And better than anyone else, the Mayans knew the stars, eyes of the night, and the mysteries of time. Such details were not worthy of Europe's attention.
4: history of trade between Africa and Europe. Hereditary slavery had been around since the times of Greece and Rome and was nothing new. But with the Renaissance, Europe introduced certain novelties. Never before has slavery been determined by skin color. And never before had the sale of human flesh been the brightest light in the world of business. During the 16th, 17th and 18th centuries africa sold slaves and bought rifles it traded hands for arms then during the 19th and 20th centuries africa delivered gold diamonds copper ivory rubber and coffee in exchange for bibles it traded the riches of the earth for the promise of heaven
2: Art of War 25 centuries ago General Sun Tzu of China Wrote the first treatise On military tactics and strategy His stage of vice Is still heated today Not just on battlefields But in business Where blood tends to flow more freely If you are able appear unable if you are strong appear weak when you are near appear distant never attack when the enemy is powerful always avoid battles you cannot win if you are weaker retreat if your enemies are united divide them advance when they are unprepared and attack when they least expect it to know your enemy know yourself You're listening
1: to 94.1 KPFA here on Full Circle. You're hearing readings, short stories from mirrors by Eduardo Galeano. Keep it locked here. Columbus. Defying the fury of the winds and the hunger of ship-eating monsters, Admiral Christopher Columbus set sail. He did not discover America. The Polynesians had arrived a century previous, and the Vikings four centuries before that. And 300 centuries before them all came the oldest inhabitants of these lands, people whom Columbus called Indians, believing he had entered the Orient by the back door. Since he did not understand what they said, Columbus was convinced the natives did not know how to speak. Since they went about naked, were docile, and gave up everything in return for nothing, he believed they were not thinking beings. Although he died insisting his travels had taken him to Asia, Columbus did begin to harbor doubts on his second voyage. When his ships anchored off the Cuban coast in the middle of June, 1494, the admiral dictated a statement affirming that he was in China. He left written evidence that his crew agreed. Anyone saying the contrary was to receive a hundred lashes, be fine, 10,000 Marvides, and have his tongue cut out. At the bottom of the page, the few sailors who knew how to write signed their names.
5: Voice of Wine. Omar Khayyam wrote treatises on algebra, metaphysics, and astronomy, and he was the author of underground poems that spread by word of mouth throughout Persia and beyond. Those poems were hymns to wine, sinful elixir condemned by the powers of Islam. Heaven has not learned of my arrival, the poet said, and my departure will not in the least diminish its beauty and grandeur. The moon, which seeks me out tomorrow, will continue rising even if it no longer finds me. I will sleep underground with neither woman nor friend. For us ephemeral mortals, the only eternity is the moment, and drinking to the moment is better than weeping for it. Cayenne preferred the tavern to the mosque. He feared neither earthly powers nor celestial threats. And he felt pity for God, who could never get drunk. The word supreme is not written in the Quran, but on the lip of a wine glass. It is read not with the eyes, but with the mouth.
2: advertising campaigns, marketing schemes. The target is public opinion. Wars are sold the same way cars are, by lying. In August 1964, President Lyndon Johnson accused the Vietnamese of attacking two warships in the Tonkin Gulf. Then the President invaded Vietnam, sending planes and troops. He was acclaimed by journalists and by politicians, and his popularity skyrocketed the Democrats in power and the Republicans out of power became a single party united against communist aggression. After the war had slaughtered Vietnamese in vast numbers, most of them women and children, Johnson's secretary of defense, Robert McNamara, confessed that the Tonkin Gulf attack had never occurred. The dead did not revive. In March, 2003, President George W. Bush accused Iraq of being on the verge of destroying the world with its weapons of mass destruction, the most lethal weapons ever devised. Then the president invaded Iraq, sending planes and troops. He was acclaimed by journalists and by politicians, and his popularity skyrocketed. The Republicans in power and the Democrats out of power, became a single party united against terrorist aggression. After the war had slaughtered Iraqis in vast numbers, most of them women and children, Bush confessed that the weapons of mass destruction never existed. The most lethal weapons ever devised were his own speeches. In the following elections, he won a second term. In my childhood, my mother used to tell me that a lie has no feet. She was misinformed.
1: Faces. The caravels left the port of Palos, heading the same way as the birds, toward the void. Four and a half centuries after the first voyage, Daniel Vasquez Diaz painted the walls of the Rubita Monastery next door to the port in homage to the discovery of America. Although the artist intended a celebration, involuntarily he disclosed the rotten mood Columbus and his sailors were in. No one smiles in those paintings and the long, somber faces pretend nothing good. They sense the worst. Perhaps those poor devils pulled from prison or kidnapped from the docks knew they were to do the dirty work Europe needed to become what it
6: is today. Distant space, and even what some might call somewhat of another dimension, and we're about to return.
7: Mohammed's Biographer. He was an evangelical pastor, but not for long. Religious orthodoxy was not for him. An open-minded man, a passionate polemicist, he traded the church for the university. He studied at Princeton, taught in New York. He was a professor of oriental languages and author of the first biography of Muhammad published in the United States. He wrote that Muhammad was an extraordinary man, a visionary blessed with irresistible magnetism and also an imposter, charlatan, and purveyor of illusions. But he thought no better of Christianity, which he considered disastrous in the epoch when Islam was founded. That was his first book. Later on, he wrote others. In the field of Middle Eastern affairs, few academics could compare. He lived indoors, surrounded by towers of strange books. When he wasn't writing, he read... He died in New York in 1859. His name was George Bush. All right. Yeah, you're listening to Full Circle
1: here on 94.1 KPFA. I'm your host, Dario Moshirian. And uh, let me uh, read y'all a little quote here from Danny Glover. Uh, The elegance of Galliano's words. They're just penetrating. So beautiful. It's the feast of words. So with that being said, um, stay tuned. We got some more good stories here for you. Great stories uh, from our histories. Um, But first, let's take a real short music break.
3: Raise your hold, Yo, let me bail with you for a minute, man. Sit down, sit down. Come here, come here. I just want to talk to you. I try to tell my baby girl, ain't no need to worry It's the last days, ma, I know it's getting scary Cause they killed, murdered over little crumbs We gotta step our game up to save our little sons Can't be having our banks with insufficient funds Mayor Bloomberg, tell me how we get these guns Why are so many mothers who bury their young And rent is getting higher, what is this coming from? They wanna turn the slums into a condo up in my combo checking my tonsos okay cases. we get them then we beat them like congos on pico boulevard eating at roscoe's building on the angels in the realms of the cosmos soon as i hit watch, i'm gonna hook up with hydro the hell if i know who y'all chicken gon' ride for we pull up to your side door spitting that five o's Cops hate us every time that they raid us. They got plans to erase us. Each time they face us. We get handcuffed and stuffed in America's prison. Get inmates on the bus, just to make us a living. God gave man law, man gave us religion. It's a struggle, no matter you a Muslim or Christian, you a Buddhist or a Hindu. A crip or down move. Don't never ever bite from the hand thou led you.
5: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to flight 002 to Africa. Flight time will be 10 hours and 45 minutes. Cruising at an altitude of 40,000 feet. For your listening pleasure, there are 12 channels. So with your relaxation, enjoy some cool vibration.
4: The Ages of Rosa Murray. In 1725, when she was six, a slave ship brought her from Africa and she was sold in Rio de Janeiro. When she was 14, the master spread her thighs and taught her a trade. When she was 15, she was bought by a family from Oro Preto who then rented her body to the gold miners. When she was 30, the family sold her to a priest Who practiced on her his techniques for exorcism and other nocturnal exercises? When she was 32, one of the demons that lived in her body smoked through her pipe and howled through her mouth and made her writhe on the ground. For that, she was sentenced to a hundred lashes in the public square of the city of Mariana, and the punishment left her arm paralyzed for life. When she was 35, she fasted and prayed, and mortified her flesh with a hair shirt. And the mother of the Virgin Mary taught her to read. They say that Rosa Maria at de de Cruz was the first literate black woman in Brazil. When she was 37, she founded a home for abandoned female slaves and whores past their prime. When she was financed by selling cakes made with her own saliva, an infallible remedy for any disease. When she was 40, many people loyally attended her trances where, wrapped in a cloud of tobacco smoke, she would dance to a chorus of angels and the baby Jesus would suckle her breast. When she was 42, she was accused of witchcraft and locked up in the Rio de Janeiro jail. When she was 43... Theologians confirmed she was a witch because she withstood without complaint a lit candle held for a long while under her tongue. When she was 44, she was sent to Lisbon to the prison of the Holy Inquisition. She entered the torture chambers to be interrogated and was never heard of again. the free. It happens in the first half of the 18th century. The international division of labor decides that Jamaica exists to sweeten Europe's table. The land produces sugar, sugar, and more sugar. In Jamaica, as in Brazil, diversity of diet is a privilege of those who escape. Although fertile land is hard to find high in the mountains, the maroons figure out how to grow everything and even raise pigs and chickens. Hidden here, they see without being seen, they sting and then they vanish. In these windward blue mountains, Nanny has her temple and her throne. She is queen of the free. Once a machine for birthing slaves, now she wears necklaces made of the teeth of English soldiers.
6: The devil is Indian. The conquistadors confirmed that Satan, expelled from Europe, had found refuge on the islands and coast of the Caribbean, kissed by his fiery mouth. There lived beastly beings who called carnal sin play and who practiced it at all hours and with all comers, who knew nothing, of the Ten Commandments or the seven sacraments or the seven deadly sins who went about naked and who had the habit of eating each other. The conquest of America was a long and thorny exorcism. The evil one was so deeply rooted in this land that when the Indians seemed to be devotedly kneeling before the Virgin, they were really praying to the serpent crushed beneath her foot. And when they kissed the cross, they were celebrating the encounter between the rain and the earth. The conquistadors fulfilled the mission of returning to God the gold, silver, and numerous other riches that the devil had usurped. Recovering the booty was no easy task. Now and again, however, they got a little help from above. When the Lord of Hell laid an ambush in a narrow canyon to keep the Spaniards from reaching the Mountain of Silver in Potosi, an archangel came down from the heights and gave him a tremendous thrashing.
1: You're tuned into to 94.1 KPFA. You're listening here to Full Circle, and you're hearing short stories from the book Mirrors by Eduardo Galeano.
7: The Great Floating City. On the coast of Ceylon, the beginning of the 5th century, Admiral Zhang, commander of the Chinese fleet, etched in stone an homage to Allah, Shiva, and Buddha. And in three languages, he asked the threesome to bless his sailors. Zhang, a eunuch loyal to the empire that mutilated him, commanded the largest fleet ever to sail the seven seas. At the center lay the gigantic ships with their gardens of fruits and vegetables and around them a forest of a thousand masts. The sails catch the wind like clouds in the sky. The ships travel to and fro between the ports of China and the coasts of Africa, passing by way of Java and India and Arabia. The mariners left China carrying porcelain, silk, jade, and they returned loaded with stories and magic plants and giraffes, elephants, and peacocks. They discovered languages, gods, customs. They learned the ten uses of the coconut, and the unforgettable flavor of the mango. They discovered horses painted in black and white stripes, and long-legged birds that ran like horses. They found incense and myrrh in Arabia, and in Turkey, rare stones like amber, which they called dragon's drool. In the southern islands, they were astonished by birds that taught like men and by men who wore a rattle hanging between their legs to announce their sexual prowess. The voyages of the great Chinese fleet were missions of exploration and commerce. They were not enterprises of conquest. Not yearning for domination, obliged Zhang to scorn or condemn what he found. What was not admirable was at least worthy of curiosity. And from trip to trip, the Imperial Library in Beijing continued growing until it held 4,000 books that collected the wisdom of the world. At the time, the king of Portugal had six books.
8: The d-
3: d- 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 rap you, You'll be pressing me on. Damn, 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 damn God, you're killing it. Yo, I don't, I don't, I don't play. Native tongues on the mic. We grab chips with them brothers from the bill. they preserving y'all threat. Threat. They lie. They lie. show. No offense to a player, but praise is welcome. Bringing damage to your brother. <laughs> Come from New York City with them brothers from the bill. And with the beats that be thorough. That be thorough. <laughs>
0: the beat like this They lie, y'all
1: curse. The black slaves of Haiti gave Napoleon Bonaparte's army a tremendous thrashing and in 1804 the flag of the free fluttered over the ruins but Haiti was a country ruined from the first. On the altars of French sugar plantations lands and lives had been burned alive and then the calamities of war exterminated a third of the population. The birth of independence and the death of slavery The defeats accomplished by blacks were unpardonable humiliations for the white owners of the world. Eighteen of Napoleon's generals were buried on the rebel isle. The new nation, born in blood, was sentenced to blockade and solitude. No one bought from her, no one sold to her, no one recognized her. For being disloyal to the colonial master, Haiti was obliged to pay France a gigantic sum in reparations. This expiation for the sin of dignity, which she paid for nearly a century and a half, was the price France exacted for diplomatic recognition. No one else recognized her, not even Simon Bolivar, who owed her everything. Haiti had provided ships, weapons, and soldiers for his war of independence against Spain, on only one condition, that the slaves be freed. An idea that had never occurred to the man known as the Liberator. Later on, when Bolivar triumphed, he refused to invite Haiti to the Congress of new Latin American nations. Haiti became the leper of the Americas. Thomas Jefferson warned from the beginning that the plague had to be confined to that island because it provided a very bad example. Bad example? Disobedience, chaos, violence. In South Carolina, by law, any black sailor could be jailed while his ship was in port. For fear, he might spread the anti-slavery fever that threatened all the Americas. In Brazil, that fever was called Haitianismo. All right, welcome back to Full Circle here. I'm your host, Adio Mochirion, and you just heard some more stories from Mirrors, Uh, it is stories of almost everyone by eduardo galliano uh, again um man some of those some of those pieces that really move me when i hear them um we tend to overlook uh what's been done uh all around the world and the commonality in the struggles that people face against uh capitalism and the way it's always exploited the land and exploited the people so um you know, this, I think this book really exemplifies kind of what's happening today when we talk about extraction of uh, resources. Um, we could talk about Venezuela right now. We could talk about uh, Iran. Uh, sounds very similar to what we heard happening with Iraq, right? So um, just something to keep in mind. We're going to be heading into some more music, um, and we're going to be hearing Save Yourself by Vinnie Paz. And Kill a Priest. And following that, we will be heading straight into more short stories, again from Mears by Eduardo Galliano.
0: Persians, they should stay gone, that he told me about the Oracle of Amar, he gave me no clue where it is, men fair time, yet time fair the pyramids, he gave me more jewels, he told me that Amen, Hothat was a mortal I can't overstand hieroglyph, so I called Killer Priest and he told me how to follow it, I walked through the valley of the king with a white robe, white robes and Mawali's rings, and your whole team Judas, my rope's gold skin like juices. I speak the dialogue of the dead. I practice the same war tactics and king off this head. So let the swordsmen kill the beast. It's a legacy of blood with we'll many pads and Killer I i paint slowly fellas from the wings of angels, where ain't from saints' blood, you can do ain't thug, Stay in the face of a king's mug, crush till the wine jug, ill thoughts built from the mind, the rhyme rolls off the tongue like fine rugs, let me walk you through this, for the clueless i some Shakespearean, with grey earrings, speak like Tiberius, write novels, spinning like Aristotle, face half pharaoh and half owl, I took the path to Cairo, came back with Dead Sea Gospel, now known as the Dead Street Apostle. You see them fast, see them hollows. Bullet spreads till they meet Diablo. Stars in alignment. Preach meet with Jedi mind tricks. Speak the climates where you can't breathe. Stay high off that damn weed. In the mines where I plant seeds. The grown fruit of kings so brute. Of army troops. Mighty men in celestial suits. You need healing. My mic give you an incredible boost. Where I
3: use satellite dishes. Stare my alphabetical suit. Plus I use the big tip of the tape. More than one scoop so if you can't be trusted, may you with bombs the them as a sacrifice. the on the them
0: I started element 115 with the and the Philistines This is street gospel If you don't believe In life on Mars That means the beast got you You don't want to see me and Kill a priest hostile You don't want to see Desert Ease He popped you This is Mothman men prophecy Walk back to the stand of Iraq And let the prophet breathe We turned all the water Into toxic seas And walk in war With armor that I copped in Greece Then I shot the beast with a long arrow, studied them whole chap to be a strong battle. It's a war when the gods fit. It's a law when I split the icebergs in the Arctic. I don't care what the cause is, and I'ma ride for my fam no matter what the cause is. Yeah, we serve justice. Rick Past, Killer Freeze,
1: Life is measured by its intensity, not by its duration, he said. But he lived nearly 70 years, not bad for the 11th century. He was taken care of by the best doctor in Persia, himself. For centuries, his canon of medicine was the work to consult in the Arab world, in Europe and in India. These treatises on diseases and remedies not only collected the legacies of Hippocrates and Galen, It also drank from the springs of Greek philosophy and Oriental knowledge. At the age of 17, Avicenna had already set up a clinic. Long after his death, he was still taking care of patients.
4: Wars. The war in Iraq grew out of the need to correct an error made by geography when she put the West oil under the East sand. But no war is honest enough to confess. I kill to steal. The devil's dish, as oil is called by its victims, has caused many wars and will certainly cause many more. In Sudan, for instance... A huge number of people lost their lives between the final years of the 20th century and the first years of the 21st, in an oil war that disguised itself as an ethnic and religious conflict. Derricks and drills, pipes and pipelines sprouted as if by magic in villages turned to ashes and in fields of ruined crops. In the Darfur region, where the butchery continues, The people, all Muslim, began to hate each other when they discovered there might be oil under their feet. The killing in the hills of Rwanda also claimed to be an ethnic and religious war, even though killers and killed were all Catholics. Hatred, a colonial legacy, stemmed from the time when Belgium decreed that those who raised cattle were Tutsis and those who grew crops were Hutus, and the Tutsi minority ought to be dominant, the Hutu majority. In recent years, another multitude lost their lives in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, in the service of foreign companies fighting over coltan. That rare mineral is an essential ingredient in cell phones, computers, microchips, and batteries, all of which are staples of the mass media. The media, however, forgot to mention coltan in their scant coverage of the war.
1: Baghdad. Shahzad lived her thousand and one nights in a palace in Baghdad, on the banks of the Tigris River, Her thousand and one stories were born in that land or had migrated there from Persia, Arabia, India, China, or Turkestan. Just as the thousand and one marvels brought by merchant caravans from far off lands ended up in the city's market stalls. Baghdad was the center of the world. All roads of words and of things met in that city of plazas and fountains, baths and gardens. The most famous physicians, astronomers, and mathematicians also met in Baghdad at an academy of sciences known as the House of Wisdom. Among them was Muhammad al-Khwarizmi, the inventor of algebra, which got its name from the first word of the title of one of his books, Al-Jabr.
9: Sukhina. For women in some Muslim nations, the veil is a jail, a peripatetic prison that travels wherever they go. But Muhammad's women did not cover their faces, and the Quran never mentions the word veil, though it does recommend that women cover their hair with a shawl outside the home. Catholic nuns who do not follow the Quran cover their hair, and in many places in the world, non-Muslim women wear shawls or wraps or kerchiefs on their heads. But a shawl worn by choice is one thing, and a veil worn by male dictum obliging women to hide their faces is something else. One of the most implacable enemies of face covering was Sukaina, Muhammad's great-granddaughter, who not only refused to wear one, but denounced it at the top of her lungs. Sukaina married five times, and in each of her five marriage contracts, she refused to pledge obedience to her husband.
1: Egyptians. Herodotus, the Greek, proved that the river and the sky of Egypt were unlike any other river or any other sky, and the same was true of its customs. Funny people, the Egyptians, they kneaded dough with their feet and clay with their hands, and they mummified their dead cats and kept them in sacred chests. But most remarkable was the place women held among men, whether nobles or plebeians, they married freely without surrendering their names or their possessions. Education, property, work and inheritance were theirs by right, not only for men, and women were the ones who shopped in the market while men stayed home weaving. According to Herodotus, who was not entirely trustworthy, women peed standing up and men on their knees. All right, again, you're listening here to Full Circle on 94.1 KPFA. And hello behind me, here at the helm tonight. Uh, Keep it tuned here for more short stories from Mirrors by
9: Eduardo Galeano. Forbidden to feel. Oh, feminine figure, how glorious you are. Hildegard of Bingen believed that Blood that stains is the blood of war, not the blood of menstruation. And she openly invited all to celebrate the joy of being born a woman. In her writings on medicine and natural sciences, she dared to stand up for female pleasure in terms that were remarkable for her church and unique in the Europe of her day. Surprisingly sagacious for a Puritan abbess who lived in, and by strict habits, a virgin among virgins, Hildegard declared that the pleasure of love that smoulders in the blood is more subtle and profound in a woman than in a man. In women, it is comparable to the sun and its sweetness, which delicately warms the earth and makes it fertile. A century before Hildegard, The celebrated Persian physician Avicenna included in his canon of medicine a more detailed description of the female orgasm. From the moment when the flesh around her eyes begins to redden, her breath quickens and she begins to stammer. Since pleasure was man's business, European translations of Avicenna's work omitted that page.
2: Objective news. In Democratic countries, the overriding duty of the mass media is objectivity. Objectivity consists of conveying the points of view of both sides of a conflict. During the years of the Vietnam War, the mass media in the United States made the public aware of the stance of their government and that of the enemy. George Bailey, who is curious about such things, Added up the time allotted to one side or the other on the television networks ABC, CBS, and NBC between the years of 1965 and 1970. The point of view of the invading nation took up 97%, while that of the nation invaded got 3%. 97 to 3. For the invaded, the obligation to suffer through the war. For the invaders, the right to tell the story the news makes reality not the other way around
4: of Tupac Amaru. Tupac Amaru, the last king of the Incas, fought the Spaniards for 40 years in the mountains of Peru. In 1572, when the executioner's axe severed his neck, Indian prophets announced that one day the head would rejoin the body. And it did. Two centuries later, Jose Gabriel Condor Conqui claimed the name waiting for him. Transformed into Tupac Amaru, he led the largest and longest indigenous rebellion in the entire history of the Americas. The Andes were on fire. From the summits to the sea, up rose the victims of forced labor in the mines, plantations, and workshops. The rebels threatened the colonial dinner plate with victory after victory as they advanced at an unstoppable pace fording rivers, climbing mountains, crossing valleys, taking town after town. They were on the verge of conquering Cusco. The sacred city, the heart of power, lay before them from the heights they could see it, they could taste it. 18 centuries had passed since Spartacus had roamed within its grasp and history repeated itself. Tupac Amaru decided not to attack. Indian troops, led by a chief who had sold out, defended the besieged city, and Tupac did not kill Indians. Not that, never. He knew it was necessary. There was no other way. But while he vacillated from yes to no to who knows, days and nights passed, and Spanish soldiers, lots of them and well-armored, were making their way from Lima. In vain, his wife, Michaela Bastidas, who commanded the rear guard, sent him messages. You have to bring these sorrows to an end. I have not the patience to put up with all of this. Many times I have told you not to waste time in those two towns. I have sent you plenty of warnings. If it is our ruin you want, just lie down and go to sleep. In 1781, the rebel leader entered Cusco. He entered in chains under a hail of stones and insults.
2: Music is the weapon. Music is the thing of the future.
8: Music is the weapon of the future.
6: Toussaint. He was born a slave. The son of slaves. He was frail and homely. He spent his childhood chatting with horses and plants. In time... He became the master's coachman and doctor to his gardens. He had never killed a fly when the exigencies of war placed him where he now stands. Now he is called Toussaint L'Ouverture because the blows of his sword, part of the enemy's defenses. This self-made general instructs his troops. Illiterate slaves explaining the whys and hows of the revolution through stories he learned or made up as a child. It is 1803, and the French army is on its last legs. General Leclerc, Napoleon's brother-in-law, proposes. Let's talk. Toussaint agrees. They capture him, place him in chains, load him onto a ship, imprisoned in the coldest castle in France. From the cold, he dies.
1: All right. Welcome back to Full Circle here on 94.1 KPFA. Again, I'm your host, Stadio Moucherian. And we're getting towards the end of our show. Um, but, uh, wow. You know, hearing that Being read by um, my comrades here uh, just really inserts a lot of the the great emotion uh, into the words of Galliano. And, you know, when I catch myself in this text, I just kind of stop and I'm in awe at times. And I'm thinking like, wow, like, you know, this we're saying the same thing today. You know, this need to quench by these warmongers, um, abusing people, abusing the earth uh, is what's always been happening on this planet. And, um, you can see from the themes of the musics that I chose, um, I, I hope that that em- embodied that the struggle of today and, uh, of also of the past. And I think that, I hope that rather just galvanizes folks to step up and do something and say something in the communities that I live in, as opposed to just being quiet, you know? And, um, you know, one aphorism that that's always said is, uh, there's no justice. It's just us. So we got to do the work and, um yeah so as we wrap up here and it brings us to the end of the show our executive producer is Miss M our technical director is Frank Sterling Joy Moore is our production consultant I've been your host this evening Audio Mochirion and And I was on the board too um, I want to give a shout out to my man Eric here he's tech assist here and I also got my man Big Burke in the building my, my man Ellie Mele in the building with me too here and um Stay tuned for La Onda Bahita coming up next. And make sure you tune in next week at 7 p.m. as Franklin will be hosting a show on Yemen. How important is that? So make sure you're here. All right, much love to everybody. Peace.
8: Chris Columbus, a man of his time Slaughtered Arawak natives, the further his kind, and they stayed of mind And their take on the divine allowed Them to be so inclined to send Ships with guns, filled with men With swords, so filled with the love Of the Lord, that they do whatever's necessary For their position, death is the Decision, when they on a mission Death is the decision, when they on a mission What we talking about? Imperialism, death is the decision When they on a mission, what we talking About? Is we talking about? Yeah, yeah, That's second Monday in October, we hold a celebration for a Western soldier who brought over a culture manifestly destined to rule and take over. Funny how in the name of Jehovah, you supposed to be the landowner, more so than the first holder. Ask the natives in Plymouth about the caravan next to the boulder. From what they told you in high school about righteous conquest and brave explorers. Little reveal about the millions killed with the government will try to seal up the horror. Hey, the superpowers locked in a chest match. Like cool cats, this shit back to see who is this dispatch Persist that, do the tax Promote the tax we give tax plus plus import crack. Now tell me what you think about that. Do it sound familiar to me too, cousin, I feel ya. And all because I picked up a book, then looked and was shook by the shit these crooks done took. Chris Columbus, a man of his time, snorted Arawak natives, the furthest kind, and of they stayed of mind, and their take on the divine allowed them to be so inclined, to send in ships with guns, filled with men, with swords, so filled with the love of the Lord, that they do whatever's necessary But they position, death is the decision, when they on a mission, death is the decision, when they on a mission, what we talking about? Imperialism. Death is the decision, when they on a mission, what we talking about? Huh? Imperialism. Hate, but not long after the shock of being enslaved. Recovery efforts are made to educate a people depraved, terrorized in the way, diabolical, physical, psychological, part of an economical interest. An ill-fated role in the tempest of humanity's ultimate of its infest. The obliteration of brave and a savage riddle passes to a civilized way. Mix the mingled, buy the ghost, gringos, it the lingo, plus crisp gringo. Decimated families, to those mijo, a of the saint those me whole thing, 1% Domingo. Huh. And the in the plantation those songs of freedom Hit the drugs it's time to beat them Teach them about the bloodshed For the love of who we are like Chris Columbus, a man of his time, saw the Arawak natives, the furthest of his kind, and they stayed a mind, and their take on the divine allowed him to be so inclined to send ships with guns filled with wind with swords, so filled with the love of the Lord that they do whatever's necessary for they position. Death is the decision when they on a mission. Death is the decision when they on a mission. What we talking about? Imperialism. Death is the decision when they on a mission. What we talking about?
1: Imperialism, And that was Head Rock with Chris Columbus Y'all peace out Stay tuned for La Onda Bajita